When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What's up and welcome in to the CHGO Bulls post game. Welcome in Bulls Nation. I'm Matt Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow my friend Big Dave Watson at Bow BWL Sports. And joining us from down under our friend Mark K. Follow him on Twitter at MK Hoops. Mark, what's up, buddy? Um, not too much, guys. I'm I'm doing pretty good. How are you? How are, what are we doing today? We're we talking fruit. We're talking water, vegetables, condiments, some bulls. What are, what are we doing? Apes, but I did tell Dave that I had a salad as part of my dinner tonight. He was I'm so proud. First, he was skeptical. Yes, and then I brought proof, and then he was proud. Uh, our our friend and the other member of our team, Will Gottlieb, will be joining us later on a post game. He's doing that good old Zoom post game press conference action right now, getting so some thoughts good. from the Bulls. On their most recent loss, that's five in a row. That is a season-long five-game skid for the Bulls, 121-106 to against Embiid, Harden, and the Sixers. I mean, look, I think you kind of had to expect the Bulls to play a perfect game to get a win tonight in Philly Mm -hmm. against that duo that we spent pregame talking about in Embiid and Harden. And, you know, we could talk about a lot of things. We could talk about the Bulls' defense kind of, you know, failing to find any way to slow down and bead tonight. Mm -hmm. We can talk about free throw discrepancy, lots of things. Mm -hmm. To me, this was a simple example, and there have been several recently of when the Bulls are as they are, with a hindered, clearly not looking like himself, Zach Levine, Mm -hmm. and missing key defensive pieces, they are not a team that can contend and go blow to blow with the best teams Mm -hmm. and the most elite teams in the league. Of which Philly certainly appears to be one right now, Dave. Yeah, without question, they are. Um, yeah, the proof is in the pudding. Game after game after game, you see them putting in the effort. You see them trying their damnedest to, you know, get this win and get this victory. But they just keep coming up short because they don't have the manpower. And like you stated, uh, guys like Zach Levine have been a little off. Uh, Demar Derozan shooting has been a little off. So. When you don't have those two guys and you got Nikola Vucevic being out also tonight, you lose that kind of guy, you know what I'm saying, that can provide that offense for the team and provide those reboundings for the team. So, yeah, you're going to struggle, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I think I saw a tweet of yours shortly after the final horn, Mark, that was basically like, look, given the circumstances, uh, including the the late scratch of Vooch, like not entirely surprised and, and actually not that angry about the result because you mm-hmm. kind of expected it. Yeah. Yeah, and look, this is what I said last time, like, undersell, over-deliver. Like, I was expecting them to get absolutely destroyed tonight, but based on, well, 
the Embiid, Embiid Harden combination more generally is just absolutely unstoppable. But the fact that you got no Lonzo Caruso, I know people are sick of us, yeah, sick of hearing that at this point, which I completely understand. But you also didn't have Vooch tonight. Now, you know, Vooch hasn't necessarily done that well against Embiid, so who knows if that actually matters. But nonetheless, like you're at, you're out three of your closing five, let's say. So to me, I wasn't expecting them to be competitive at all. I think for most of the game that they were competitive. Yes, they could have done some some things better than what they ultimately did, but I thought that was a decent game. I was it was more than what I was expecting to get from the Bulls, and, and at this point, they're just not a very good team. Like since the, the turn of uh, 22, 2022, they're essentially a five hundred team. They've got a a negative net rating. They're virtually right right in the middle of the NBA in terms of net rating. They're a medi- mediocre team, so we shouldn't be surprised that they're you know stumbling in the way they are now against this real good competition. Um, but irrespective of that, I thought they played a pretty good game tonight. Uh, January in the YouTube comments saying, oh, no, five in a row, but it's the Sixers. Come on. I mean, yeah. I mean, Agreed. if you were if you were banking on a Bulls win tonight to end this losing streak, I, you're, you're not looking at the talent on paper that teams had available. Uh, mm-hmm. Christopher in the comments saying that was not good from the jump, Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, is he blaming Clark Clark? Like our Clark? I feel, I feel like he's is blaming Clark Clark. Yeah, I think that's what he's looking at. <laughs> was it was it the pregame stuff? Is that what, what yeah, happened I think that's, here? I think that's what he's alluding to. Be. Just because could I be. picked the Bulls to win this game. That's or, what saying. or as we discovered in pregame, it could be Allie's fault. Because we got Allie. We welcomed Allie to Chicago with yeah. open arms. She's mm-hmm. been a great help to us setting up CHG over the past week. She has. And, and I outed her as a Sixers fan. You did. So I'm partly blaming her too. <laughs> if you're watching Allie, this is your fault. This is your fault. Oh, man. Um, obviously, a big talking point coming into this game, Mark, was the recent free throw discrepancy mm. that we have seen from the Bulls not getting to the line, their opponents getting to the line a lot. And you had a great tweet that you pointed out uh, earlier on in this game about it's not maybe necessarily all the Bulls' fault that they're fouling, that they're mm. giving bad fouls, but that they have, in this recent stretch of losses, played some of the most elite teams in the league when it comes to getting mm. to the free throw line. Yeah, look, I, and this is—I I don't understand why this is the narrative that's going around now. Like, why? What are you expecting them to do defensively to stop these teams from getting to the line? But more, more, more generally, like the Bulls just themselves are not a team that get to the free throw line that often, as I sort of illustrated there in the tweet. Like the Sixers, we know with Harden and and Embiid, they're going to get to the line a million times. The Bucks, because of Giannis, I mean, what, what did he have the other day? Like nineteen free throw attempts just by himself. They're going to get get to the line a ton. The Hawks with Trey Young and the Heat with Jimmy Butler. Like they have guys that can get to the free throw line at a rate that the Bulls just simply can't do. Like DeMar is really good at getting to the free throw line, but beyond DeMar, it's a team full of guys that don't necessarily get to the line often because they're a team mostly with uh, with jump shooters. I mean, Zach should probably be getting to the line more than what he is at the moment. I'm assuming maybe he doesn't have that same bounce or burst that he, he did previously because of the injury. But, you know, think about the rest of the roster. You've got, like, low-volume shooters like Javante and Derek Jones Jr. who just don't shoot. Therefore, they're not necessarily going to get to the free-throw line. Io and Kobe are predominantly jump-shooting guys. Like, they're not going to be driving to the basket at will. They're not going to get fouled that much. So, And Vooch has historically been, and Lonzo too, like, they've been historically low-volume free-throw shooters. So I just don't understand why people are surprised that, one, that the Bulls don't get to the free-throw line much, but then conversely why their opponent is getting there so often like it's just a season-long trend and we should just know these facts and we shouldn't be surprised when it materializes yeah and it, and it even just to add to what he said like John Morant had 15 free throws Jimmy Butler with 10 Trey Young with 11 like you said Giannis with 19 and tonight Embiid with 16 free yeah. throws like and yeah. you got two of those guys in Embiid and Harden on the same team you know they're going to the line 
and, and look, at, at halftime, it looked like this was headed towards another awful night as far as the free throw discrepancy. The Bulls were 6 of 8 from the line at half, Sixers 17 of 20. Dave, I saw your tweet that was like, man, 20 free throws in the first That's half. Crazy. Come on. That's crazy. But the Bulls closed the gap a little bit. The, fi- the final tallies were Bulls 20 of 26 at the line, Sixers 27 of 34. Mm-hmm. Dave, I mean, do you think it's just kind of a matter of the Bulls waited until it was too late to start attacking the basket? No, it might have been a matter of the officials looking up and seeing the discrepancy in oh, the free throws. Oh, we got to get like, this oh, margin closer before this final. <laughs> wait a minute, this <laughs> Looking crazy right here. Scott Foster making calls from across the court. That was <laughs> like, crazy. That was insane, man. But, yeah, I don't know what to attribute that to uh, if they started going because I did notice Zach Levine, the second game in a row, of him attacking the basket and getting to the bucket, or at least trying to. He was getting some of those calls. Um, the block on Embiid obviously got overturned. Uh, you know, that got changed and everything like that. But, yeah, I, maybe because, because they have to go to the bucket. They have got to go to the basket a little bit more. But like Mark said, they're a jump-shooting team. So you, all you have is pretty much DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine as your two guys. Now, DeMar is going to get his calls. The question is, is Zach going to get those calls? A two-time All-Star, is he going to start getting those calls when he's going to the bucket? Right. And that's what it becomes concerning a little bit. I mean, Zach and DeMar tonight actually combined, when it was all said and done, for 20 free throw attempts. Mm-hmm. Embiid and Harden combined for 22. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's close. That's, that's close. your two stars and their two stars with mm-hmm. only two difference, uh, a, a difference of two free throw attempts. Mm-hmm. You can live with that. And Zach also was struggling from the line, though, when he was Five getting to the line. Five of eight tonight yeah. from Zach. That was weird to see for me. And that, and it's another game that, that has happened like that for him, right? Like, it's weird for me to see that. And I think you started to attribute that to the knee because I know you are super-duper concerned about that knee. I don't know if you noticed about him, Mark, You're but Matt worries a lot. <laughs> Hi, my name's Matt, and I'm worried about Zach Levine's knee. This is the part where we all go, hi, Matt, because it's a support group. But apparently I am the only hi, one Matt. in this support group, and I'm not feeling an awful lot of support. God help us all. Um, I support you, but, like, I'm not, I'm not going to leave you hanging out there. But, like, I mean, another thing to consider as well, like, part of the reason why maybe the Bulls are struggling to get to the free throw line is as well, like, they just don't get up a lot of threes, and they don't have a lot of ample spacing. Like, only 24 three-point attempts tonight. It's, you know, I'd like to think that's an outlier, but it's, it's not really. And when you're starting Tristan Thompson and Javante out there together at power forward, both of those dudes aren't shooting threes. We know DeMar's not necessarily going to shoot threes. It just makes it a little bit harder. Like the, the court is a little bit more condensed. There's not as much space. So in terms of getting to the free throw line or getting inside the paint, that's a lot, a lot harder to do when you, you're just not a, a real spacing shooting team as William rolls in. Uh, Mark, let me, let me ask you. Be- <laughs> Very good. Will Gottlieb, ladies, Will Gottlieb, and ladies and gentlemen. gentlemen. Will Gottlieb. In the house. Well, but, Mark, let me ask you because my, I guess my question is, you say in the three-point shooting, does Lonzo being back in there uh, kind of help with that, though, because, you know, just how good yeah, he yeah. has been from the three-point line? Yeah, for sure. Like, Lonzo will have the three-point attempt rate, but still, like, even when Lonzo was playing, the Bulls were among, like, the bottom five in terms of three-point attempts. Like, they're very good at converting the threes that they do take, but in terms of raw attempts, like, they're just, you know, really low on the, on the, in terms of, you know, the uh, their competition versus the rest of the league. So... I don't think that's really going to be solved. I know a lot of people think that Patrick Williams will solve that problem as well. We discussed that last time on the show that I don't think he will, but 
this this is this just isn't a team that shoots a lot of threes. That's who they are. They're not going to be, and and you can get you can get by on that when you're forcing so many points in transition, and they as they were in the first thirty odd games when Lonzo and Caruso were around. But that's basically gone from being a top ten team in points off turnovers to basically being a bottom five team in, in points off turnovers. So you're not getting those easy scores. We know that they don't hit the offensive rebounds and and get second chance points like that. They don't shoot threes, so they're really working up against it and. When you're not getting your free throws as well, then you know we shouldn't be surprised that they're um, finding it a little bit more difficult to score versus their opponents. I mean, Zach got his threes tonight. Mm. He at least got his threes for me. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> it was Demar and Harden who shortchanged me on that points bet same game parlay. But I hit my bet though. Well, good. I for hit you. the over you on did. mine, baby. Yes, I did. Did, did, did you I put money on? Did it? I get the over on mine? What oh was yeah, the Embiid. Oh was yeah, it, it was pretty. <laughs> that that, that it was, was not easy close. Money not tonight. Close. No. The Embiid combined points, rebounds, and assists. <laughs> Embiid finished with 43, 14, and Ooh, two. Goodness, I'm gonna say that's good. That's not. That's not yeah. bad. I'm saying it's pretty good. Um, yikes. Mm. So, all right, let's let's look at where the Bulls are here for a second. Mm-hmm. Um. 39 and 26 with this loss. The Eastern Conference, I've, I feel like I'm melting away with this <laughs> Bulls five-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. You're, you're now uh, looking at being fourth in the East, a game back of Milwaukee, mm-hmm. uh, a game and a half back of Philly, and now only a half game ahead of Boston. Okay. Yeah. That's what it's going to be when you play these elite teams. And you don't have your full lineup, yeah, you're going to struggle against that. I think even when we were picking uh, the Bulls that that one time we were doing the podcast, we we had them losing a lot of these games in this stretch as well. But help is on the way in the form of the Detroit Pistons, so I appreciate that. And help is on Man. the way in the form of the Sacramento Kings. It won't be easy, Detroit but help Pistons is on the way. coming in like Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> help is on help the way. Help is on dear. the way. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm, I am so looking forward to that. But, yeah, you're right. They're going to struggle, man. I mean, they can't take any of these games like, lightly at this That's point. That's true. That's no, like five true, losses man. in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I mean, you can't just come out there assuming you're going to win. Like, oh, they no. need to take oh, care no. of business now. Oh, no, no you, Finally, you need to come getting... into that Detroit game. Like, we got to beat these guys by 40. Agreed. Yeah, you know? back, we got to boost the point differential back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you see that graphic of the Eastern Conference standings. Let me now apologize to Joey and Clark, who are our awesome production team, because I told them right before we landed, we're going to use that graphic first, and uh. then we're going to use Mark's tweet to talk about the free throws. <laughs> and then I switched it on. They had you back. Though. I switched it on. You know, you know, I am. A, I, I, I can handle that. I can. I, I noticed you hadn't talked about it yet, mm. so I waited. And now I just put it up. When you did, these are trained professionals. Trained professionals. You see the jacket? (laughs) Play with that man over there. (laughs) M. That Mrs. Doubtfire reference was for you. My God, how many times (laughs) did you watch Mrs. Doubtfire as a kid? Once. Once? One time. We had that VHS copy, and we <laughs> it was on ran rotation. it ragged. It was on rotation. Didn't even have to think about it. Just one time. Just one time. I saw it, and I love Robert Williams, man. Anybody knows me. You know, I love him, man. But, yeah, I was like, this is a great movie. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, great segue. So, I mean, I guess if there is a little bit of uh, silver lining to this five-game losing streak cloud when you're looking at those standings, it's that the Bulls are still three and a half clear of – no, four and a half clear mm-hmm. of Toronto in the oh, seventh seed. There you go. So you're still clear of the play-in by four and a half games, and you've got, as we just mentioned, some more winnable games coming up on the schedule. To me, when we saw that slew of injuries happen, mm-hmm. uh, you know, before the All-Star break, that's where my mind was. Oh, I don't I remember. know about you guys. Yeah. I was just like, well, <laughs> that one seed was fun. Bye. <laughs> Let's just avoid the play-in. Will, yeah. had, are you kind of in a similar frame of mind right now when it comes to where the Bulls finish? Yeah, I mean, I think these teams are all 
you know, extremely good trying yeah. to game who you're going to face in the first round. If you're going to be able to like, you know, get two mediocre teams and you're on your way to the conference finals, mm-hmm. that's fun. But at this point, like to begin the season, where do we think the bulls were going to be? I think everybody was, you know, even, even the really optimistic people like myself were, you know, four five, six, mm-hmm. maybe top of the plan. So right. I think, you know, looking at the, at the broader context here and revisiting expectations, this is not too far removed from, where we thought they might be, and mm-hmm. they have all this help on the way. As 37 Cycles said in the comments, this is what happens when your bench now becomes 60% of your starting lineup. Mm. Uh, Salim in the comments. What up, Salim? Salim? Saying Pistons beat the Hawks tonight in OT and have been playing competitively, so definitely can't take them lightly. Correct. Well, thanks thanks for ruining my yeah. feel-good thought about yeah. playing the I'm Pistons st- on Wednesday. I'm still Salim. saying we beat in Detroit, but you're right. You can't take them lightly. You got to go out there and play them, man, but... We we be uh, what about you, Mark? Where where are you right now as far as what you would like to see the Bulls do in the standings? If it's anything other than just avoiding the play-in, well, I mean, just to add on to Salim's point, the the Pistons are six and four over their last ten. The Bulls are five and five over their last ten. So uh, <laughs> I don't know how that support group's going there for you for uh, for you there, Matthew. But um, I'm definitely not supporting you at the moment. But nonetheless. As to your question, I'm just very thankful that the Cavs and the Raptors are seemingly stumbling, if not as much as the Bulls or maybe more. I think that's what's keeping the Bulls in that top six range at the moment. Had the Cavs not had the injuries, I think Jared Allen yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, got hurt. We play the Cavs at the end of the week. Like that'll be an interesting matchup there. But like, yeah, they've got a lot of injuries. The Raptors, for whatever reason, they were surging for a bit around that all-star break. Then they started stumbling again. So I, I don't know what's going on there. The Nets, for whatever reason, they haven't got it together after the trade. So, yeah, we should be thankful that some of those other teams aren't getting together. And I, I know the Bulls have been very unlucky in a lot this season in terms of the injuries they've suffered. But in a lot of ways, we should be thankful that we have received some long, uh, luck that some of these other teams haven't necessarily got it together, which is enabling the Bulls to stay in that 4-5 range at the moment. But like, if the Cavs, if the Raptors, if the Nets were, were actually playing like they should be, then... We could be looking at a situation where the Bulls were already in the plane, but thankfully uh, that's not the case. Uh, Mark, do you think that four or five range is about where the Bulls will end up uh, when the season's over? Yeah, I think so. I think I think they're probably training at the moment where they're going to be the fifth seed and, and the, the Celtics are going to be four. I don't think they're going to get up back and back, back up to third with, with the Bucs. I think the Bucs are going to cement the third spot and then the Heat and the Heat and the Sixers will be playing for one and two. So it, it kind of feels like it's headed toward a, uh, towards a 4-5 matchup with the, with the Bulls and Celtics in the first round. And at the moment, on the way it's trending, the Celtics have been probably the best team in basketball for the last half of, well, essentially the last half of the season. Let's call it since, since the, the start of 20, uh, 2022. They're, they're, they're first in net rating. They're first in defensive rating. They're seventh in... Um, in offensive rating that so like the Celtics are probably the best team in the Eastern Conference right now so at least over the last 30 games so I would be fearful of that matchup and and that's kind of where it's heading at the moment that the the Celtics will be in four the Bulls in five and uh, we'll see what happens in the first round Uh, Dom Toretto in the comments saying I I just think people have to start (laughs) realizing and opening their eyes to what exactly Alex Caruso means for this Bulls team is that Vin Diesel from the Fast and the you know, Furious? I'm a little yeah. upset that he didn't throw in family in there. Say, you know what I'm saying? There was no mention of family by Dom Toretto family. just now. Matter of fact, F9 just hit HBO Max, and I'm very excited to watch this movie. I'm so excited. I love this trash. It's the best. Are they going to just keep <laughs> calling them that and even into the double digits? Dude, they could call it G24. I don't care. Dude. Oh, like, my gosh. Wait, like, when they get to the 13th Fast and the Furious movie, and they call it F13. Could it be a crossover with Friday the 13th? Ooh. What if just they- somehow bring those 
worlds together. Can they put like wheels on a plane? Like, you know, and just have if them drive that? If they can put that? snakes on a plane, they can put <laughs> wheels on a plane. I wanted to see him drive that for no reason, man. I want all the foolishness that comes in Fast Furious. Thank you, Dom. Uh, you know what else people should open their eyes to, Dave? What's that? Is all the fun they can have playing on points bet. Oh. Tell the people, wouldn't you? Oh, I well, came so close to my same game parlay. He was right there, ladies and gentlemen. He couldn't be like me who hit ours, baby. I hit mine. And my man Will with the smooth hair hit his as well. And you can do that also <laughs> because the best way to support CHGO is to download the points bet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. Because points bet is your home for live in-game betting. We are excited. Excited for Points Bet's new exclusive features, live NBA same game parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live same game parlay only with Points Bet. Combine your favorite bets during the game. And if you want some more, you can also boost your live same game parlays. And also, and this is going on right now, y'all, online sign up is available in Illinois. No more having to leave your house to do it. No, you can stay home and go ahead and sign up. You can download the download the points bet app today, register your account, and start to finish all from your phone. Mm. Signing up is the fastest sports book, is now easier than ever. So you can start living your bet life in seconds. Use the code CHGO to get risk-free, two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Once the game starts, you don't just bet. You live your bet life with points bet. Mm. Oh. We got to get in Studio B and lay down some tracks. Mm, <laughs> mm, give me a dope beat, Matt. I've always wanted to say that we, to you. I don't know why. If you, we, if we you say to me, give rule. me a dope beat, you are looking in the wrong direction. <laughs> What'd you say, Mark? <laughs> I was going to say, can we just make it a rule on this podcast that Dave is the only one that's allowed to do like ad reads? Like, it's like a repeatable shot for him. It's just, it's just money every single time. The man has like, a calling. If, if, if I was to do that, if you, was, uh, like, I don't want to throw you under the bus, so maybe I was to like, we'll just keep it to me. But like, you can throw no me under way the bus. I can that energy or anything like that. So like, <laughs> Dave has to be the ad man because that 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 makes me want to gamble. To be honest with you, dang. All right, listen. Any compliment <laughs> you from saw, Mark, you saw, I'll man. take. <laughs> Any comment from Mark, I'm taking every day of my life. There was so. somebody tweeting at us like third end of the third quarter going into fourth quarter being mm-hmm. like, I need a Dave ad raid jingle to pick up my spirits <laughs> right now. That is how magical they are. Points bet, y'all. C-A-G-O is the code. Go ahead and get that app. Boom. I'm 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 coming right back at it with another same game parlay on Wednesday, Oh, man. yeah, man. When you, know, when you barely miss them, it just, yeah. it just makes you. got you- one more free bet. That's true. That's true. That's true. Because you get two. Because you get yeah. two. You get two, baby. C-H-G-O, the promo code. That's true. Uh, all right, guys. So we were talking to pregame a little bit about, oop, late scratch, Vooch, mm-hmm. out. He was ruled questionable uh, yesterday with this hamstring tightness. And uh, so we saw a not a twin tower starting lineup, which Billy tried and didn't go great, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now we just saw Tristan in that starting lineup instead of Vooch. Will, how do you think that went? And, and did you hear anything about that in that post-game uh, Zoom meeting? You know, there were a lot of fouls <laughs> made by Tristan. Five? <laughs> Five of them. Yeah. Ten total in the last two games. So that's <clears throat> consistency. It's a thing. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just so difficult to cover Embiid. And I think that they tried a few interesting ways of just, like, hard doubling him from the strong side wing, forcing them into rotations. Uh, one play really stands out in the first quarter where uh, Javante – came down to double Embiid, Embiid kicked it out. Harden tried to um, like jump the pass to the corner mm-hmm. and Io re- read it and just 
ripped them up and went down the uh, down the court for a layup. So um, I think they had the right idea. They tried fronting him. They tried all these different kinds of things. But at the end of the day, he's just such a force, and there's only so much you can do. Um, Billy was talking a lot about fouling, and you know what he was saying is that like at the beginning of the game, they just picked up a bunch and kind of got mm-hmm. out of got out of whack. And then in the second quarter, you know, they had some tough ones that didn't go their way. The one where Javante kind of dove out of bounds and hit Embiid. So, you know, some tough luck, but the Sixers are the best team in the league at free throw attempt rate um, by a lot. So this is kind of how they make their money. Mm. It's just kind of, kind of what they do. Mm. So Tristan did all right. I think Booch coming back helps, but there's only so much you can do against a guy like Embiid. All right, now we turn to the Vooch apologist on the show, Mr. Mark. <laughs> what uh, what did you think about uh, Tristan being in that starting lineup and being so without Vooch tonight? Well, look, I mean, he he, he was better than Tony Bradley. We can say that for certain. Uh, <laughs> uh, apologies to Tony Bradley. But, no, look, I thought he was okay. He was okay. He, like, Tristan Thompson at this point in his career is a backup five. Like, you, you're throwing out a backup five against Embiid, who's maybe the MVP this season. Like, we, ex- we should expect bad results, I suppose. But I thought, more generally, he was okay. I thought the team defense played pretty well. I was actually... I really liked that small ball unit that the Bulls went to where they threw Derek Jones Jr. at the five after Tristan sort of picked up all those fouls. Um, I thought that was an interesting look. I, I, I love uh, Derek Jones Jr. as a backup five. I know it's not very orthodox look, but um, I, I just like the approach of it. But um, I don't know. like what, I, We kind of knew that Vooch had this hamstring thing that he maybe was questionable coming into this game. But like, I mean, Will writes a piece for the website that you know Vooch is extremely valuable even when he's not scoring and then Vooch misses the game. I mean, is there a connection here? Am I missing something? But no, it's... Uh, look, I, I, <laughs> but, uh, look, it would have been nice to have Vooch there just from a, a pure body's point of view. Billy basically played seven guys tonight. That's not uh, that's not advantageous given that we're what in early March. We're, we're relying on a seven-man rotation uh, this, this early into the season or this late into the season heading into the playoffs. So I guess... It would have been nice to see Tony Bradley have a, you know, to, to lean on him as a support piece for Tristan Thompson. But look, he, he did as much as he could. It would have been nice to have Vooch. Not that Vooch has been that good against Embiid this season, but I think more so from the offense, uh, it would have been good to have Vooch around because surprisingly, I thought the Bulls' defense was pretty good tonight. It was probably more so their offense that was really hurting them tonight. Uh, yeah. Uh, 37 cycles in the comments saying uh, Tristan did all right tonight considering his intended bench rule. I, the guy was a buyout market add-on for a team that was really missing some size. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing that Bulls fans had like ridiculous expectations for Tony Bradley. And then maybe, you know, if, if anything, you know, that was good that came out of it, kind of appreciate, learn to appreciate Vooch a little more. Correct. Despite the struggles, despite, despite the sh- shooting slump, despite Bulls fans wanting to blame way more of this team's defensive issues on him in the absences of certain people that are not all on him. Mm-hmm. You see what this is like. And to your point about Billy going seven deep tonight, I don't know, Detroit Brown Jr. and Tony Bradley, t- you know, thrown together into one Frankenstein's monster count as an eighth person in the rotation. Because combined, they only still manage 12 minutes. Dude, Tony Bradley, yeah. like, it's, it's so wild because as soon as he walked in the game, it was fouls. Like, as soon as he got on the floor. And Embiid, you just saw him foaming at the mouth. Like, he just couldn't wait to get Tony Bradley out there on the floor. 
So he made that rotation from eight to seven, like very, very quickly. He made the decision for Billy. You even saw Tristan Thompson on the sideline yelling, you know, trying to let, you know, Tony Bradley know what to do out there on the floor because he was immediately out there and drew two fouls. And he's trying to tell him, like, uh, dude, that's Joel Embiid out there. <laughs> I think you need to go in with a better game plan than just saying I'm tall and putting your hands up. It's also, you know, interesting that people think somebody like a buyout player, Tristan Thompson, is going to be the savior of the defense when – you already have guys like Caruso and Lonzo right, who have right, been right. saviors of the defense coming mm-hmm, back. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you have to remember that it's not just one-on-one guarding these guys. Yeah, They mm-hmm. are going to be so helpful guarding at the point of attack, uh, cutting off pick and rolls before, you know, Embiid can establish um, post position by just staying in front of Harden. So I, I really do think that they're going to improve defensively. The fouls are one thing. They're going to have more bodies. But when we're talking about depth, it's like right. four more players – Booch, Lonzo, Caruso, Patrick Williams, who, well, maybe not Patrick Williams, based yeah. on the last conversation, but mm-hmm. four more guys that should be in the rotation ahead of, ahead of these guys. And, and uh, you know, not just that, but, you know, the help defense and the quality of help defense and the amount of ground that those Lonzo two guys, especially. Lonzo, he and is amazing. The, the, I mean, you, you saw Lonzo in certain possessions, possessions on the defensive end this season seriously guard all five guys by himself. <laughs> seen it, yeah. For certain, like, like long. All like all four corners of right. the – and, and uh Mark, I believe I saw, you know, I had a, I saw a tweet of yours talking about when the Bulls went with the method of trapping Harden uh, when he was up at the top and that that Mm -hmm. didn't necessarily work out well because when Embiid then was in that, you know, quick roll and swing scenario, your your Zach Levines and your DeMar DeRozans are the ones who are in a position where they need to be the help defenders Mm -hmm. and are not known, (laughs) to put it kindly, to have that kind of stuff in their repertoire on the defensive end. Yeah, hundred percent, and that's why I was I was questioning the logic. I understand at that point in time you got to do something different because the, you know the, the game was slipping away. You got to throw a different look out there. Maybe that forces turnovers. Maybe you fuel your transition game, get some easy scores that way. So it, it, it makes sense, but at the same time, knowing the personnel that's on the court, like if you're doubling hard and Harden's an amazing passer, he's going to hit Embiid every single time. And if Embiid's the role dude, and there's no one stepping up from the corners to sort of stunt over and help out, and that's that's typically where Levine and Demar are situated on defense. And if those guys are a step slow which is often the case with their help defense and their rotational defense, then I don't know, like it's, it's just very problematic. But to, to your point, like when you have Lonzo, you have Caruso out there, if they're on the ball or if one of those guys is in the corner or whatever the situation may be, like you just have more of an ability to scramble across the ball and, and get a little bit funky with these sort of uh, different defensive looks. But yeah, I, I guess, you know, coming back to being that Vooch apologist, like in these situations where maybe it's like Embiid scoring and people get mad at Vooch because he's duty scoring, like, to Will's point, like this is a team defense. If someone doesn't come over to help the guy that's helped, and it's, it's generally Vooch that's helping someone come, coming up and stepping up, whether it's stepping up into the pick and roll or stepping out away from the pick and roll. If someone's not coming over to help his guy, then um, we're in for a problematic uh, you know, turn of events there. So there's just a couple of positions down the, down the stretch there where Zach had to make a call. There was one play where he had to sort of step up and take that and be charged, and we could visibly see him not wanting any part of that, which I completely understand. Like, I would not want to take that charge either, but, like, that that's his rotation to make. He didn't necessarily make it in time, and, you know, uh, I can't remember what happened in it, like, whether Embiid scored or went to the line, but ultimately, you know, it was an easy score for the for the, uh, for the Sixers or an easy conversion, at least, for the Sixers. So, yeah, it was an interesting strategy. Um, I'm not necessarily blaming Billy for it, but uh, based on the personnel that we do have in place at the moment, um, it just wasn't probably going to work. Speaking of the Bulls looking for answers uh, and maybe a little bit of size on the defensive mm-hmm. end, Clayton in the comments said, 
Uh, games like today, it's where I wish they'd bring up Tyler Cook and give him a few minutes off the bench just to see how he compares today to Tony Bradley. Mm-hmm. We did see Donovan give Tyler Cook a couple of games of a look. Yeah. No rhyme intended, but uh, earlier this season, and then right back down to the Windy City Bulls, he went. Yeah. And any of you guys have any interest in taking a second look at Cook? Uh, because Keep it rhyming. could. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's just on it today. Ain't he? It's not a like, purpose. The bars. It's going to give me look, nightmares. Look, <laughs> uh, look, I'll, I'll make it quick because I know I know um, my man Will loves uh, Tyler Cook. But, yeah, I'm you, you have Cook to guy. give him an opportunity. Uh, I don't think I saw anything when he was out there to say, you know what, this guy or a guy like Tony Bradley should be ahead of you constantly. He should get all your minutes instead of you. Um, when I saw him guarding Giannis, I was like, okay, you did the best you could <laughs> against one of the best players in the NBA. You knew you were going to get a lot of fouls. All I need you to do was go out there and use those fouls and maybe score you, yourself about six points or mm-hmm. something like that. That's really what I got from him, and that's really what I wanted. So, yeah, I, I, I like Tyler Cook. I like his mentality when he's playing on the floor defensively and offensively. He sets the pick, and he's going to roll to the bucket, and he's trying to dunk on you. So I have no problem with giving him those kind of minutes, Will. He's just an athlete. I really like Tyler Cook. I think you know he's got some tools. He doesn't really know the game super well at this point, but um, – you know, you mentioned the Bucks game. I wonder, I'm trying to look it up right now, if he was, um, if when they faced the Bucks and he played, if Derek Jones Jr. was healthy that game, it might have been when he broke his finger. Mm. Um, I thought, Mark, to your point, that Derek Jones had some really nice minutes at, at five, but it's just tough to make that work against a center like Embiid or like Jokic, mm-hmm. who, who can just punish you um, as a post scorer. So mm-hmm. there's only so much you can do. I, I really don't think... You know, everybody freaks out about the Bulls defending Embiid or Giannis. Like, nobody, nobody. can do it. So, um, yeah, I think it's worth trying different options. And sure. Cook kind of fits the bill as somebody who can who can be that athletic, big body and, and just stay in front of guys. I don't know. To tee up Mark, have you ever seen Ryan Archidiacono guard Giannis? Because uh, it, kind of it was kind of a thing, you guys. <laughs> That's it. He it scored his first of... bucket for the Knicks the other day. He's he's coming along. He's coming along. <laughs> but, uh, but like coming back to the Tyler Cook thing, I think Tristan Thompson's arrival basically spent it spelt the end of Tyler Cook's uh, time with the Bulls this season. I think I think he's going to remain down down with the Windy City Bulls because like it kind of feels like they got three different type of backup centers. If you were like they got the big behemoth in Tony Bradley, you've got your mid-sized guy like a Tristan Thompson or a Tyler Cook, and then you've got that swing option where you go really small at the five with Derek Jones Jr. Like Tyler Cook sort of fits that Tristan Thompson model, but you know they're always going to lean lean on on Thompson in this situation. So. Yeah, he's probably not going to get a call up. I, I like Tyler Cook. I really like him. I think he should be part of the roster next season. But my guess is we're not going to really see him much again um, for the remainder of the season, unfortunately. But uh, look, you, you know, th- th- that's the funny thing. Like, we're, we're talking about Tyler Cook as a two-way guy here. But where's our boy Marco at? Like, like can't he get a run even in these situations? He, he clearly can't. But um, yeah, he was nowhere to be seen when the Bulls really need some, some backup play. But uh, yeah, it just hasn't come along this season. That boy Marco needs to hit the weight room and eat some steaks. Putting them on the yeah. peck meat diet. That's what we about Put to them on the about. peck meat diet, man. <laughs> That's a scary but, diet. But man. the peck meat diet does not have the weightlifting attached to it. It's just <laughs> eating too much meat. It's not an NBA player diet. It's just it's, no, no, no. no it's uh, not an anybody player diet. Like, <laughs> you shouldn't do it, all right? Shout out to our guy, JR, in the comments who said, congrats on the new venture, guys. I'm now officially a fan of the C to the is H, G to the Izzo podcast. Well okay. done, sir. Wow. Okay. Look at all these Bad rhyming on. references out of peck tonight. 
I didn't come out. I, didn't I come know, but, that you, but you read it correctly. And uh, I'm very proud of you. Kev, Kevin Fergan with the Captain Obvious comment of the evening saying, I wouldn't bring back Troy Brown Jr. Congratulations for <laughs> well figuring done. that one out. Well done, sir. Much love to you. <laughs> well done. Uh, Jake Flanagan. What's up, Jake? Jake. Says, here's a question. Can the Bulls go at least five and three over their next eight games? Mm. No. <laughs> All right, who else, who wants to have a rosier outlook? Well, I have to see the uh, actual schedule. I'll give it let to me, you. Let me give me the Next eight games, Pistons, Cavs, Kings, Jazz, Suns, Raptors, Bucks, Pelicans. That's your next eight. Yes. I yeah. see. What was the – how many wins do we need here? You said five, five and three. And five. three. five and three. So can you get five wins out of Pistons, Cavs, Kings, Jazz, Suns, Raptors, Bucks, Pelicans? Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. you really need to win these next three. Like, yes. I, know that, I know you'll need to do that in order to get five of eight, but, mm. I mean, the Bulls have taken care of business against bad teams all year, and that's really what has kept them in the Correct. standings where they are. Mm-hmm. So they, they absolutely need to do that. There's, there's no excuses there. Um the Jazz are playing all right right now. Not their best. The Suns are without uh, Chris Paul, so mm-hmm. maybe they can squeak a win out of one of those two games. Um, the Bucks, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Is Booker still in protocols, or did he clear those? He's still in protocols, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure when. But by the time I, that Bulls-Suns game the you know, comes, he might yeah, get out They're still a there. machine, though, man. Like, yeah. Phoenix is still a machine. Well, I mean, you know, if, if CP3 and Book are out, what was that, more minutes for campaign? That's true. Oh, That's good yes. news for everybody. Come on now. <laughs> or, or is he hurt, too? I can't remember. No, he's out there. No, okay. Cam is out there. He's uh, out there. Abe in the comments saying the Bulls beat the Celtics in, uh, uh, in a, really? In a five-game series? Is that what you said? Uh, we, they don't play five-game series anymore. Oh, wow. Old school, then. <laughs> old school, it on him, bro. Uh, also, I'm not so sure. Have you seen the way the Celtics have been playing? Oh, oh he said the Bulls beat the Celtics in the playoffs in five. Like, so like, oh, they'll win, win in, five. in five in a best of seven? Oh. I don't see healthy Bulls mm. losing to them. Okay, well, first of all, Bulls aren't healthy. <laughs> we'll see if they get there. But also, that Celtics team that's nipping at the Bulls' heels in the Eastern Conference standings right now? You're saying Bulls in five? Have you seen Jason Tatum play recently? I think I take a Tatum. I think I take a Tatum. And the way to Bill Simmons, I think I take a Tatum. Dude's playing lights out. He is, man. He's looking really special. And Jalen Brown is the perfect compliment to him right now. So, no, they look great together, man. And I don't, do, do they play Boston again this season? I think yeah. so, yeah. yeah. Oh, they do? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Third to last game. Of the third to last, last game. Ones, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. That, that might be yeah. with some, you know some importance there because like as mark said that might be the team you're playing in the playoffs so it might be a playoff mm. preview very very early so you're gonna have to take that game very seriously yeah over a saturday tuesday wednesday they play miami milwaukee boston <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> somehow this schedule just keeps getting harder i thought that they like dealt with everything in a i tough think November. we cracked the case on how the bulls got out to such an impressive record you guys <laughs> i think they were playing a bunch of trash teams mm-hmm. while being injured yeah and the bulls to their credit went from being a team that could occasionally beat bad teams and could never beat mediocre teams to a team that is now beating bad teams, occasionally beating mediocre teams, and still haven't figured out how to beat the good teams. Step but that's in the right direction. The next 
logical that step. That is literally the step. You gotta, you gotta walk. It is the process. You can't, you can't skip, skip steps in the process. It reminds me of, of, of like 2015 when Milwaukee was playing the Bulls, and even we talked about that game. How they just ran through, you know, Milwaukee, and it was the right. young Giannis out there, and they hadn't figured it out yet. They had to take those steps in the process, you know, to get there. And now where Milwaukee is, like, oh my God! But so this let me is ask how you it goes. This then, like, what is the next step? Because Demar is playing. Mm-hmm. I mean. Maybe he can get better, but it seems like he's playing at as high a level as anybody can. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, what does – obviously, Vooch can, can improve yeah. uh, on his numbers. Zach is playing at a really high level for the most part, mm-hmm. um, minus the, the health scares. So, I, I guess just having everybody back, which mm-hmm. Billy was saying after the game, like, we hope everybody's going to be back. We mm-hmm. assume everybody's going to be back, but we don't know that yet. But, like, what is the next step that gets them – to where they are competing against good teams. Well, for one, they, consistently. Well, for one, right now they're learning just how to win. You know what I mean, and how to actually do that. Like that, it's a it's a team with a bunch of guys who aren't used to playing meaningful games this late in the season. Uh, like outside of guys like Demar Derozan and Caruso, you know, people like that. But you can even throw Lonzo in there as well. They're not mm-hmm. used to being in this kind of situation. So that's what I mean when it's, when I say taking those steps and you know going through the process. But the next logical step is to be comfortable with that, to know that, okay, we're supposed to be here. And then you take those steps of going, trying to make a deep run, you know, in the playoffs. And I have, you know me, man, I got all the faith in the world in AK and Mark Eversley. Okay. So I know they're looking at, and they're seeing the same things you're seeing that Mark is seeing that Matt is seeing. And I know that they're going to make those moves to improve this team in the off season. So they can take those steps, you know? Oh God. No, do not put up that comment from Clayton. Do you know the what, one? What comment? The one that is just comment you don't want to see it, Dave. Is, is it that dude's name? If it's that dude's name, I definitely it's, don't want to see it. His name is not mentioned, but a reference of one of his favorite phrases is mentioned. Oh, and no, man. I don't on. know if neuralizers work through multiple screens. We're about to find so out, ain't we? We're going to find out. Uh, R.A.B. in the comments. But is Are you serious, Black's brother? R.A.B. Um, <laughs> said... Said, uh, guarding Giannis and Embiid, I don't see as the issue. Like you guys said, no bigs farewell against them. I see rebounding is the issue. The Bulls seem to get murdered on the glass. The, the Bulls actually out-rebounded the Sixers by 10 tonight. Yeah. I looked in the box score solid. and the game was yeah. over and was like, what? And offensive rebounding early on was really, That's really why. Good. The Bulls yeah. had, I think they had like 14 offensive rebounds tonight. Yeah. It's a shame they didn't do more with those second chance <laughs> point opportunities. Yeah. But. And it was one of the things I actually was concerned about because I wanted the guards to start rebounding a little bit better. Um, cause I didn't think, I didn't think that they were just really out there doing a great job of it. It started to come around last game, but I remember in that Atlanta game, I mean, Trey Young had as many rebounds as Zach Levine and IO combined, mm-hmm. and that should never be the case. Um, so I like the fact that, you know, Zach, even in that last game when he had 30, he threw eight rebounds in there. Uh, IO, he, I will talk about him in a second, but he played a great game. He only had three rebounds. It's just the fact that his activity was was on point, and I really enjoyed that, man, and DeMar with 11 rebounds. So, yeah, when your backcourt can kind of help you out because you have to – the way they play defense by committee, they have to rebound by committee the yeah. same kind of way. Uh, Mark, have you noticed that recently with, with Zach and also maybe DeMar a little bit being guilty of slacking, not just on on uh, their, their defense and their off-ball defense, but on, on their chipping in on boarding as well? Well, I'm glad you said that because I was going to – I was just going to pitch this story idea here now. Like, who's going to be the first one of us to write or maybe posit on a podcast? Like, when is it okay to start slandering DeMar DeRozan for his defense? Because, I mean, he's been unbelievable this season, obviously. 
And, uh, you know, offensively, what he's done is just been next level, like historic on certain levels. And, and we've seen that over the last few weeks. It's, it's started to regress some now. But, like, I mean, what he has been doing has just been just completely unforeseeable. So it's bought him a lot of uh, goodwill, let's say. But, I mean, some of his defensive possessions t- tonight were just really, really bad. I mean, there was one that, you know, comes, you know, direct to my mind where, Matisse Tybal just backcut him and just got an easy dunk, and Demar had no clue, <laughs> no clue where Tybal was. And I don't know, like, at, at what point is it okay to start slandering Demar about his defense? It's been pretty bad all year, but like I said, the offense has been so good we, we don't necessarily care about it. But I guess now with the the offense maybe slumping a bit, is it okay now if I you know post eight hundred words on Demar Derozan's bad defense, or will people come after me with pitchforks and the, and the like? Should should I avoid that? <laughs> Well, they're gonna come after you anyway with that, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, well, like, I guess. they got them in the garage ready for you. And, and look, <laughs> at least at least Demar and Zach did chip in on the glass tonight. They combined yes. for 19 rebounds. Correct, man. You'll take that from your two guard and your wing every I mean, single day. Absolutely, you will. But I, I think Mark is right. Like we have been forgiving of Demar's defensive malaise because he has mm-hmm. been playing at an MVP level on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. And look, how many all-star caliber players, superstar players who are civs on defense get a pass for that because of their level of elite play Correct. on offense? Correct. Like Zach is, or I mean, DeMar is in that category of players, and it's just part of the deal. Mm-hmm. But when, Zach, when DeMar slumps a little bit offensively and just returns to being a really good offensive player mm-hmm. instead of a supernova... Mm-hmm. Maybe that kind of brings out the you know the noticeable levels of defensive weakness with him. Will does I mean, what do you think about that? What did uh, Jimmy always used to say? Winning cures all. So like yeah, I think it's just more noticeable. It's louder when mm-hmm. the team isn't winning. You know the offensive burden has been there this entire year, mm-hmm. and he's carried it. So I can I can understand why he's tired. <laughs> but also like I keep coming back to it. You know the the infrastructure around him with Lonzo and Caruso back mm-hmm. is going to make him and everybody else look better on both sides of the ball. Right. I am never usually this optimistic about the Bulls, but <laughs> I me. think it's those two me. guys are really good. Um, so I think that's, we'll see when those, when they get back. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Go ahead. Uh, so DeMar, we, we showed you that graphic again that we showed you in, po- uh, in pregame about just DeMar having a little bit of a backslide with his mm. shooting efficiency and his efficiency getting to the free throw line of late. DeMar fixed the free throw line problem. He went to the line uh, 12 <laughs> times tonight, mm-hmm. but he did continue to struggle with his shot from the field, just 6 of 17 mm-hmm. for 23 points. That's now five games in a row, all Bulls losses, mm-hmm. in which DeMar DeRozan has appeared, as the graphic called it, human. <laughs> DeMar DeRozan, human. Mm-hmm. Bulls play quality opponent, Bulls lose. Mm-hmm. DeMar DeRozan must be superhuman for the Bulls to win right now. Mm-hmm. That appears to be a fact. Mm. Does, does anybody disagree with that? Mark? No. I mean, like, coming back to what I said before, like, Bulls are over the last 30-odd games, they're a minus net rating team, minus 1.2 off the top of my head, something like that. So, like, they're virtually breaking even with teams. And if, for whatever reason, things aren't going perfectly, like DeMar carrying you with a 35-point night, then you're susceptible to losses. And when you're coming up a team like the Bucs, or the Sixers, or even a team like the Hawks. Like, you're going to get beat if you're not on it. So, yeah, it's, it's completely justifiable at this point. There's only so many times we can come back to the Caruso-Lonzo world before people get sick of it, but it's it's true. But, yeah, demand needs to be at that level for us to sort of, you know, manage through this, this, this part of the schedule. And, unfortunately, last four or five games, he just hasn't been there. 
let him play. I don't know <laughs> if that breaks the NBA rules, but I'm pretty sure it pretty does. Sure. It's like a linebacker with like the cast the and ca- the ball. Right. The ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that club that Brian Urlacher used yeah. to fly around Soldier Field with. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, Salim appreciated the Jimmy quote from Will. Uh, all, the, all the Jimmy Butler stands in the building. Now, I will say that about DeMar is what I do like is when guys are slumping and they're, you know, shooting isn't going what other facets of your game can you affect, you know, what's going on on the floor? Absolutely. So the fact that he went and had 11 rebounds with those eight assists just lets you know, you know, how important he is to this team and how multifaceted his game can be. Mm -hmm. Because it's not going to happen on defensive end. That's well documented, and we have definitely seen it. But on that offensive side, the fact he had a near triple-double, even though he was struggling to score – just is he's so important man he's been amazing for this Bulls team and the free throws are huge too I mean he he had 23 points on 17 shots so you know he didn't make a ton of his field goal attempts but boosting your free throws uh of 11 to 12 you know that really helps with efficiency of you know his game but also just the the Bulls half-court offense yeah uh, this is an interesting comment from Jordan. Oh, look at that timing. You guys popped that up just when hey. I was getting into it. We're getting it. Boom. We're getting it. You're getting it. And, and so, guys, we actually uh, talked a little bit about this while we were watching the game tonight. Jordan said, Bulls will be stuck in and kicked out of the second round unless they find an answer to Giannis or Embiid. There is no so, answer. Okay. <laughs> Bro, there, cool. there is no answer. I'm, Literally no answer at all. In, in the NBA, I'm, I'm gonna be it stuck. I'm gonna be stuck with a burnt cake if I put it in the <laughs> oven and then leave town for a week. Like what? Yeah, that's gonna happen. It's gonna happen, man. Like there's nothing you could do against these guys. You know, you you, you can't you can't be and you can only hope to contain them. You know, what I'm saying? like that saying. Well, you have to just outshoot them, and mm. I think that's what you're seeing right now is Demar's six for seventeen, not eighteen right. for seventeen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, we were maybe talking True. about how. So this is a clean sweep in the regular season for the Sixers over the Bulls, yeah. four and zero. Oh, which, by the way, eleven and zero oh career for Embiid now against the Bulls. Crazy. Uh, the Bulls are also zero and two against the Bucks, mm-hmm. but in those two games, first one, Grayson Allen, may he rot in hell. And then the one from uh, from, Friday, from Friday night, the Bulls were in it, and the Bulls had a chance to win yeah. late. Yeah, the Bulls did not have a chance to win late in this game. I don't feel. No, and I think we were all on the same page in suggesting that we were talking about on Friday. I don't really, I don't even think the Bulls have a shot at beating the Bucks in a best of seven. But I will give it that they have a greater chance of beating the Bucks in a best of seven than the Sixers mm. because. Embiid. And Harden. Can't forget about that guy. And Harden. Freaking Harden. And even I wonder, is a bigger or maybe just a separate issue, like, can they close out tight games? Mm. Obviously, this was a blowout, but, um, you know, the Bulls can't seem to beat really good teams, Mm -hmm. and they seem to have trouble, with the exception of two DeMar back-to-back game-winning threes, Mm -hmm. to to close out tight games. But he's the one, he's been doing it for them this season, Uh, just King, king in the fourth, as Matt said. I might just say king of the fourth because it bugs you. I think I might just say that and just go forward. Man. I just might do that. Ah, like See, a, look at it. It's like a bug <laughs> in my brain. <laughs> but he has been that important. So when he's not hitting those shots in the fourth quarter, who do you rely on? Like, who do you kind of go to? Um, the other fourth quarter person I, I knew that the Bulls had was Kobe White. He was pretty solid playing in the fourth quarter this season. Now, he's – been on and off, like and he started quiet tonight. He had, he was two of seven at halftime, right. and then he had some then big he, buckets yeah. down the stretch when he was trying to get the Bulls back in it. He did, man. He finished with nineteen points. Um, because I was worried about him even in that last game because 
he didn't have that kind of Kobe White game that we kind of needed from him. 15 points from Kobe White would have went a real long way. And so the fact he put up that 19 here tonight, you know, he'll, he'll catch it here, he'll catch it there, but he's going to be of vital importance, man, going forward. Um, what about you, Mark? Would you uh, agree that the Sixers would be an even tougher foe to face in the playoffs than, than Milwaukee, the teams we've seen? Yeah, at present. Yeah, definitely. Most certainly. I, there were so many times in this game tonight when Harden and Embiid were running a pick and roll, and I was just sitting there thinking to myself, like, how do you even bother to – or how do you even attempt to stop this damn thing? Like, Harden was coming off the, uh, you know, dribble handoff situation. You've got him going, you know, as he's turning, he's got him going downhill – and then you, as soon as you, you know, send two to the ball, then you've got Embiid rolling to the rim, who's the biggest dude in the NBA. Like, how do you possibly, how do you possibly stop that? And not to mention both of those dudes are really good passes. So I, I don't know how you stop their pick and roll. Tyrese Maxey's been unbelievable. If Tobias Harris looks like even a role player at some point, then their their four-man combination is just going to be too lethal. So yeah, I, I definitely fear the Sixers much more than the, uh, than the Bucs. I think the Bulls have a chance against the Bucs, you know, Giannis is Giannis, he's unstoppable, but I, I don't necessarily rate the rest of their core, whereas, you know, Embiid, Harden, that pick and roll is just, uh, it's devastating. And it's interesting, Mark, because you're, you're so, you're, their logic is sound. Like, you're saying it's so sound and logical, but it's hard for me just to dismiss the Bucks because they're the NBA champions, you know? And I know when you get in those playoffs, it kind of goes up to another level, and they'll be kicking it mm-hmm. up to a whole other level once they get out there, so they might be extra formidable, you know, if they have to play the Bulls. Yeah. Yeah, certainly possible. Like if, if they spam the Giannis at center thing, then I get much more scared of the Bucks. But if they're going to, you know, pour minutes into Bobby Portis or even Serge Ibaka or, or maybe an injured Brook Lopez when he comes back, if they force him minutes, then and he's not completely right, then maybe, maybe I think they've got more of a chance. But if they just go to to that Giannis at center lineup and they, if their wings and guards play like they should, then then I get scared at that potential situation. But as currently constructed, the way with they're rolling with it at the moment. Um, then I think they've got a chance. I wouldn't put the Bulls of favorites in that series, but I think they'd have a chance. Uh, Dom in the comments saying Tyrese Maxey being on the opposite side of that pick-and-roll action for the Sixers, SMH. Yeah. I assume that, that means you think it's not fair, and I would agree, man. <laughs> Maxey is a fun player to watch. He is, Jeez man. Louise. Yeah. He, he is something awesome. And, it's not, and look, like Harden didn't even really have that efficient of a night. I mean, right. he did pile in 14 assists, which is ridiculous. Mm. But he, he was just 5 of 15 from the field. Yeah. Like, you know, I, two two of my uh, parlays were Harden's uh, assists and points. I, I had 20 and 10. He fell short of the 20. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's crazy to think about. Like, they, they handily won this game against the Bulls, mm-hmm. and Harden had a, a 33% shooting night. Yeah, just let you know, one, how incredible Joel Embiid is. And, and two, like, just how many weapons there are on this team. I mean, even Yang came out there and was doing his thing and went off. And we're used to Firkin Korkmaz mm. having those games against Bulls the Bulls. Killer. You know? We're used to that. <laughs> he didn't even uh, get a chance to play. I don't know if he was hurt or not, but I know he didn't get a chance to play. When I saw Thibault start hitting threes, you know, you're like, okay, you're really in trouble out here, man. And Maxi, he had a quiet game from what I've seen him, you know, been doing since Harden, since the trade has occurred. Uh, six to 13, you know, with 17 a quiet points. quiet 17 but points. But a quiet 17 <laughs> points, man, but – he is an absolute issue and a serious problem. But, yeah, we talked about it in the pregame about Tobias Harris and, and what he could provide, you know what I'm saying, at that fourth. He, he had that quiet game, but for me, he's still an issue, man. Yeah, when you have four guys like that who can really score, I think just the construction of this 76ers roster is really interesting. I don't think we've seen, you know, a team that has uh, such a 
insanely talented pick and roll combo. I mean, mm-hmm. you think of like Steph Curry and Draymond Green. Draymond's incredible as a short roll playmaker, but he's not the scoring threat that Embiid is, who can get to the line 16 times on yeah. any given night. Um, you know, LeBron and Kyrie, something like that maybe, but it's just, it's really interesting. I don't think we've seen anything like it in a long time. And when you put those floor spacers around and you have guys like Harris and Maxi who can, you know, pump fake and get to the basket, yeah. um, they're really dynamic. And, it, and it's just impossible to, to decide who you want to, you know, defend and who you want to give up shots to. Yeah, I want. I do want to say this real quick because I feel like we. I'm giving too much love to the Sixers here. I want to give some love to Io, man, in the I game that gonna, he I was had. Just going to bring him up because he has just been absolutely incredible. Please go ahead. Sir. Well, uh, 37 cycles in the comments that it looked like Io prevented another Demar Tech in this game. Mm. Is Io a veteran player trapped in a rookie's body? He's the Tech whisperer. I mean, <laughs> we, we say it about him all the time. Rookie who talks and acts and plays like a 10-year bet. Yeah, man. It was so great just watching him, especially in that first half. When he gets that ball on a steal or a deflection or whatever, he has one thing on his mind, and that's get to the bucket. He's gone, period. He doesn't care who's with him. He's going all the way. And usually you get upset at stuff like that. I remember we used to get upset at Kobe White when he would do that, you know, going one on four and and going against those guys. But – when Ayo do it, it's with such grace and it's so under controlled. And you know that he sees everything that's happening on the floor and he knows where everybody kind of is. So I trust him when he makes that decision to just go to the bucket. And his speed is so crazy. You know, the strides he takes, man. There was, it was really hard for them to defend early on when he was making those decisions just to go to the bucket. And that's how he was getting all those layups when he was getting there. Add that to that mid-range game that he was showing also that he's improving on, and you can probably thank DeMar DeRozan for stuff like that. But you saw those things growing in him, man. And, yeah, I, I'm just always impressed when he, when he plays like this. He stepped yeah. up in I, such I a big way. Go ahead, Mark. No, you go. No, you go. You go. I'd say he stepped up in such a big way, and I know we, we kind of touched on it after our last show um, about the similarities between him and Drew Holiday. Like, mm-hmm. just the instincts and, like you're saying, just the, the veteran – way that he plays the game, um, positioning himself, jumping passing lanes. Uh, he had one play where he missed a free throw. Somebody got an offensive rebound, and he just cut to the basket mm. and um, got the ball back, and somebody stepped up to take a charge, and he just dumped it off for a layup. Like, he's just – he's really smart, and he plays with great pace, um, never out of control. Mm. So uh, – I, 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 Go ahead, Mark. I was just going to say, I was wondering, if, do you think the IO love would be as strong as what it would be now had he not be, you know, played college ball in Chicago or in Illinois? And, and the reason why I'm saying that, I'm, or I'm positioning it this way, is you know, obviously I is getting a lot of attention. He's getting a lot of hype, as he should. But I think it's kind of we, we more generally, as fans, as the media, as whatever, are underselling like the level of competency this dude is showing as a rookie point guard, like like. Generally, guards that come into the NBA take a couple of years to sort of string things together. But to be a guy that comes in as a second-round pick, I wasn't even sure if he was going to be a point guard, to be honest with you. I thought he might be some sort of combo guard type thing. Maybe even play some time on the wing because of the you know the ball handlers the Bulls do have. But the, the, the ability that he has shown in the pick and roll, the way he runs the offense, like I, I feel like that gets underlooked a little bit just because he is this Illinois dude and you know he's, he's, he's obviously been amazing. Everyone recognizes that. But like from a pure basketball sense, I wonder if we're even sleeping on it to a degree just because of 
his pedigree and where he's sort of hailed from. And I, and I wonder if we would be focusing more on the the basketball side of things if he played, you know, his college basketball in some other state. Uh, it's just a thing I'm kicking around. Maybe I'm completely wrong about that, but I reckon you've been on some level where kind of underrating I are a little bit. I, I was, I, I told Matt this a month ago, the biggest compliment I gave Io, I could give to Io was when Lonzo went out and he got hurt. I didn't bat an eye because I knew Io was there and he was going to be the starting point guard. Didn't bat an eye. I didn't. I didn't ah! bat an eye. Come on, Will. Come on, Will. Will I'm here all week. Come on, Will. T-shirt. <laughs> didn't bat an eye. That's a t-shirt. Who's taking notes on the t-shirts? Oh, that's awesome. But that's the biggest comment because he's a rookie yeah. coming in. You know what I'm saying? He's in, you're stepping into being a starting point guard in a league where you have to have a really good point guard to be. You know what I'm saying? A, a really good basketball team. And he's going – not only is he stepping in to play the position, he's going to defend whoever is the best point guard or the best player on that other team, man. And he's been doing a great job defending them and running this offense, as Mark said. So he's been incredible, man. And that's the biggest compliment I can give him is I wasn't concerned a bit about how things were going to be run. <laughs> OSRS, Book of Acts. The guy on the right looks like Kyle Corver. Can he shoot? Hey, Will, can you shoot? Can you help out the Bulls? That is, lack of three-point shooting right now? I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the Kyle Corbett thing. I, I think Kyle has just, in fact, just a few inches on Is this him. your first hearing no, this No, I get that I look like him a lot. I cannot shoot like that at all. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. That's a humble, gra- humble brag. Like, Kyle Corbett is a, a good-looking man, and here's Will just saying, oh, I get that a lot. Like, a lot of people go, compare me to Kyle Corbett often. <laughs> I'm just stating the facts here, Mark. You know, he's just, he's just pulling out cars from modeling agencies that he meets walking down the street. Uh, it's that hair. It's that hair. It's the hair. Thank you. Yes, Mark. It's the Stu hair. Stu said, stop talking up Io. The rookie card market for Io is already insane. I can't get it started. Uh uh, TJ said, I hate Grayson Allen. Yeah, so does everyone, including, <laughs> including his mother. Wow. Grayson Allen's mother hates him. Do you want, um, if you want your comment to get read, just make it about how much you hate Grayson Allen. <laughs> right. And, and Matt, no, Matt will find it, up. and he will read it. It's My bloodlust has not been quenched yet, folks. <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, so Big Dave, you and I yeah. used to do this thing. Kendall Gill used to bug me all the time when I was – staunch in my opinion that it wasn't time yet for Derrick Rose to make his return to the Bulls, right? I was there, And yes. Kendall goes, hey, Matt, did you see what Derrick Rose did tonight? Every After night. After <laughs> any night that Derrick Rose played an NBA game and did some stuff. It was amazing. And then so last season, mm-hmm. once he was out of our lives, but we still wanted to keep one eye on him occasionally, we would look at Chris Dunn's stat lines. Yes. Playing for At- Atlanta, right? Yes, I correct. Believe. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And we turned it in from, did you see what D. Rose did tonight, to did you see what Chris Dunn don't tonight? Yes. <laughs> I think we might have a new camp candidate to play that game because holy crap i just looked once more at tony bradley's stat line are you guys ready for this this will give us all a laugh before we get out of here come on six minutes zero for zero zero for zero zero for zero zero one one zero 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 two zero the two was fouls (laughs) (laughs) he did his best to pull a tony snell he tried he put in the effort man but when you you, we call it the binary the binary when you have just a couple of ones and just sprinkle in zeros ones and zeros yeah man that's (laughs) it the matrix wow there was a nine there was a nine it was just a a minus nine though that's the problem (laughs) right but it wasn't it wasn't the biggest uh plus minus of the bulls tonight which would have been impressive considering he played just six minutes six 
Uh, all right, I think that's going to about wrap it up here for us. Come uh, on, CHGO Detroit! Bulls post game brought to you by PointsBet. Thanks again to them for letting us have some fun tonight. Don't forget to use that promo code CHGO when you sign up for that PointsBet account and get all sorts of awesome deals, including some free swag from us here at CHGO. Mm. Boom! What's, what's the, the code again? CHGO. There you mm. go. <laughs> There it is. Head over to that uh, website, allchgo.com, to get all the latest great content, including written content from Mr. Will Gottlieb here, from Mr. Mark K over there. Mm. Plus, check out that podcast feed as always. We'll be back here tomorrow doing a podcast episode on an off day for the Bulls. Let's do it. Get yourselves right, Bulls, and then go beat the Pistons by 30. Please. Be awesome. He's at Won't Gottlieb. Mark is at MK Hoops. He is at Bow, B-A-W-L Sports. I am at Bulls underscore Peck. We are at C-H-G-O underscore Bulls. Until next time, Bulls Nation. We love you. See Red. Be good.